folks, we have not become a Wisconsin Badgers podcast. We are still a Texas Longhorns podcast. That is the South Lake Carroll fight song you are hearing. Yes, they ripped off the Badgers. But the reason we are playing that today, a certain quarterback who played at South Lake is on the market. I think you all know who it is. That's right, Quinn Ewers is transferring from Ohio State. And he's named Longhorns as one of his top three. So we'll get into that, as well as some Texas basketball. Both teams dominating on the hardwood right now. And, of course, we'll talk about a little bit about Brent Venables' hire at the University of Oklahoma uh, and see if that's really a good thing for him since, I mean, they ran him out of town, what, how many years ago, Creighton? Eight years ago? A while. A while ago. Yeah. Uh, we'll, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll touch on the, the playoff a little bit since – we really don't care. I mean, it's Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati, and Michigan, which honestly, I would love to see Michigan, Cincinnati, but, you know, we can we can get into that later. But this is another edition of the Bevo Boys podcast. I'm Joe Scanlon, Creighton Branch on the other side of the microphone, and Creighton, yeah, we, folks. We, we, <laughs> what did we say? We said Quinn would be stupid not to come to Texas because he was. Yeah, that's really funny. And uh, what do you know? He's in the transfer portal. And uh, what? What did I? Okay, tell the people what did I? What did I text you in our group chat when I saw the news? <laughs> what did you? Oh no! I literally I'm go. Sorry. I, I, literally, <laughs> I literally like in all caps go. Oh, Quinn's in the portal. <laughs> Oh, I see it right here. It says, oh, Quinn is in the portal, all caps. And then you said, Quinn plus Xavier, oh, Lord. Well, <laughs> well, am I wrong? When no, you were throwing right. dimes to Xavier Worthy? I mean, that's that's a, that's a Longhorn fan's wet dream right there. You are uh, absolutely right. And I think it's really funny because after that Michigan State game against Ohio State, yeah, I mean, like the first thing I said to you was my uh, – my initial take was that Quinn Ewers was a freaking idiot for going to Ohio State because there's no way he's going to play uh, in front of C.J. Stroud. And I think that he saw the writing on the wall after C.J. had another great couple weeks and looks like he is going to be the runner-up for the Heisman. Behind Bryce Young, I mean, you never know, but he's definitely going to be in the top three. And I think uh, Quinn was saying, hey, man, I got a multi-million dollar uh, NIL deal. I'm supposed to be, I am the highest rated quarterback coming out of high school since Mr. VY, who was probably one of the most legendary Texas football players, if not the most legendary outside of probably, I mean, if you thought about it, Kyler Murray's up there, guys like that, that were like unreal when they were playing in high school. And he's up there. And I think he thought about all that and said, I might not get to play till my junior year, uh, that's not going to work for me because I guarantee you Quinn's going to try to get two years and go. And so I think he wants to get in as fast as possible. And you can see with the schools that he's picked between A&M, Tech, and Texas, that looks to be true. TCU Those are kind of too, three... Creighton. And, and yeah, I'm glad you said that TCU is now going to be gunning hard for Quinn Ewers as of today. Uh, those are those are four. Really, I think three. We'll get into which one I don't think is really a uh, viable option, but those are really four that Quinn sees as schools that he can start right away, which makes sense. And they're from Texas. Obviously, the kid wanted to be in Texas all along. You can't tell me otherwise now. Yeah, no, I mean, he, you're right. He was never going to play at Ohio State for at least a couple of years. So, 
smart decision for him. And I'm glad he listens to the podcast. Thank you, Quinn. We appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, but, yeah, no, so, I mean, we're looking at these schools, and like we said, Tech, Texas, TCU, and A&M, in no particular order. Um, I'm t- you know, we are a Longhorn podcast. This is the best fit mm-hmm. for him, man. Sark's offense. I, I think it's the only fit. Sark's offense, the way he runs it, and the way Ewer's style of play, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It, it's just perfect, and he would start. And unfortunately, that means Malik Murphy probably doesn't come to us. But I mean, I think it's an interesting thing because it could be a situation where Malik Murphy, because Quinn, I mean, Quinn's going to be like I said, Quinn's going to be the guy that's trying to leave the minute he can. Malik Murphy might stay a little bit longer, so you redshirt him one year, and then he plays. Uh, one or two more years under Quinn and then he gets to start, you know, it's really, that's fair. but then, but you're, I mean, you are right. Like this transfer has thrown everything in a different, like it, it's changed everything yeah. you can say. It's changed the way that Steve Sarkeesian is now going to recruit over the next uh, few weeks, because I, I guarantee you, even though it's, he, Quinn doesn't have to make his decision at the same time that the uh, recruits do in December for because most of them are going to make their choice in December. He is going to be gunning hard for Quinn now because everybody else is, and that's going to make a difference on who he goes and gets probably for recruiting purposes. Well, it's been reported that he's had a conversation with Sark, and I guarantee I, it. I bet it's gone. Apparently, he has a great relationship with him, um, and according to USA Today. The Longhorns played a push for him when the new staff took over, but it just wasn't enough, you know, to convince him from going to Ohio State. Um, so honestly, there's a few things working in our favor here. One, he committed to us before. Yes. Why would you not commit again? You're telling me Joey McGuire, an unproven head coach, is going to pull you to Texas, Te- buddy, buddy, old pal, <laughs> old friend. You think Tech is going to have? Position? Do you think Tech is going to have enough pieces to make you competitive? Yeah. Yeah, you might be a star on a crap team, but at Texas, you're well, going to be a star on a team what was that Joey's... is going to – like, he could be the glue that holds this yeah. thing together. Like we said, the quarterback was the biggest missing piece this season with the inconsistency of Card and Thompson. Uh, Quinn could be the glue that makes this whole thing work, at least on the offensive side. What, yeah, what's, what was Joey McGuire's position at Baylor? I think offensive coordinator or something like that. Yeah, I don't. I was I was wondering. Uh, offensive linebackers coach, assistant head coach, offensive line. Yeah. You mean coach. outside so linebackers? Little, I don't know. Oh, why did I? Yeah, sorry. I'm thinking. I, I don't. I don't know why I said offensive. Yeah. Um. Anyways, outside linebacker, assistant head coach. So yeah, I guess he had a little bit of say. Um. But we know like Steve's bread and butter was. One was quarterbacks and wide receivers at Alabama, so that's a big deal. Yeah, that's it's a lot too. different than Joey's repertoire right now. Yeah, he was a Longhorn fan growing up too, and then I mean the money. Oh, think of the money! Like the the NIL deals that they can throw at him. I don't think and any other. They, I don't think any other school can match it. No, on that list. On that list, where, he's got. Yeah, the one they just did where they had donors. Plus, uh, ex-players like Kenny Vaccaro and all that chip in for a fund that's worth $15 million to get these guys uh, going. And they're about to announce a deal tomorrow or the next day for some major offensive lineman 
they haven't said who, but it's a it's a big deal apparently. Yeah. So we'll be looking to see who that is. But that shows you. I mean, you can you can you can get plenty of. I mean, your deal is going to be maxed out at Texas, and I think uh, for me, yeah, I don't think the tech one makes much sense. Uh, the ones, I mean, I don't know why. You think Sonny Dykes I, is going to attract him to TCU? Sonny Dykes, how. the the man who the the mastermind behind Shane Bouchelle, who's not in the NFL, or is he? Is he just? A, he is now. He not, got called up. Yeah, is he playing though? I mean, he's a backup. Sick. I mean, no, but he got called up. That's more than I can say. The mastermind say about behind me. Tanner Mordecai. <laughs> hey, well, who was their quarterback? Did Mordecai give us some trouble at one point. I mean, at one, yeah, but that was because he was. That's what I thought. <laughs> but I mean. I, I just don't see TCU being a fit for me. They're the only one I can other only other one I can see is A and M. And I think growing up a Longhorn fan, there's no way in hell he'd go to A and M, right? I I don't see. I, I'll tell you why I don't see A and M. I get it because you have Jimbo Fisher and you have a somewhat built program, I guess. As I mean, I don't know if you can even call. It, I mean, yeah, it's a stable program, but they're paying more for the same results, which is dumb. But um, Haynes King coming out of Longview, who was a great quarterback in high school and looked to be the guy for the most part until he got hurt uh, this year at a and uh, Him and Jimbo really get along, man. Like, they really get along. Jimbo really likes what Haynes brings to the table. And I think if Jimbo had his way, I think – I mean, obviously he would like Quinn, but I, I swear to you, he likes – he loves what Haynes uh, does for this offense, and they vibe so well. I just don't think the Quinn would find the uh, – I guess the fit is the best way to put it, maybe. I mean, just I don't think he he and uh, Jimbo would get along as well as Haynes and Jimbo get along. Uh, so I don't under, I don't understand why he even wants to try out to go to A&M because if he does go to A&M, he will have to compete is the problem. He's going to have to compete at A&M because Haynes King is going to have that starting spot coming into spring. And I don't see why Quinn would even want to do that. That's the reason he left Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Oh, uh, because he really didn't want to have the battle for it. And Texas, my God, it's wide open. I mean, it's wide open. And you, even I mean, the, unless uh, unless Hudson Carr just goes nuts in the spring, I mean, I can't see why that would happen. It's wide open, and the the article here even says it would give time for Malik Murphy to develop and learn. Absolutely. So, like, literally, it's a win win for everyone. Malik will get to play, and he'll get to learn and and grow. Ewers is already ready to go. Like, throw him in there. You know, sorry, Casey and Hudson, but you didn't impress me enough this year to make me not want a quarterback over you. So, no, it's it's and tough. It's tough, but you know that's just business. And I, well, this is the por- This is the way it works now. At college, it works like it works like it works like the pros because of the portal. I mean, this can happen at any point in time in the year. This is how it goes now. So, if you were Casey and you were Hudson, you had your shot, man. You never knew if these guys would come out or not. I mean, odds are we were going to go find a transfer quarterback anyway. Just so happens the one we wanted is now in the portal. Exactly, and well, here's the thing, and we talked about it, like you said about A and M being a somewhat proven program already. Quinn Ewers has the opportunity to be the savior of Texas football. That's oh, that'd be that's attractive. That would be a big. Deal. That's attractive <laughs> for a kid who you want to etch your name in. You want to etch your name. Well, look what they did with history. Sam Ellinger. Yeah, look what they did to Sam for just for winning a Sugar Bowl and winning. You know, eight, eight, nine games a year. Uh, like, he is going to be, he might not have his number ever retired. I doubt he ever will. Uh, but they are going up. to, 
I was about to say he is going to be in that conversation of Colt, VY, Sam, all the time. Doesn't matter what. It's going to be those three guys. And I think Quinn can find himself in there if he comes and just even wins 10 games and wins a Big 12 championship, not even a championship, win the conference, man. You'll be, you will be seen as, uh, it'll be incredible for him. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't want to say I feel good about him coming to Texas, but I feel, I feel all right though. I feel all right. I, I, I feel like we have a very, very good shot. I do think that Steve's going, if the, I think, let me, let me tell you this. this. Is, let me tell you this, Creighton. If this, if this coaching staff does not pull Quinn Ewers, yeah. we have issues. We have major issues. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to tell you. I think Steve, this is Steve's easiest chance to get him now. I think I think you could have gave him the pass the first time around, but this time, I mean, he's he's got his record might not reflect it, but he's got a full window to like now operate, and he's got guys he can show. Hey, we have things here, and we're building upon something and things like that. I mean, he's going to have it the opportunity now more so than he ever did before if he if sark loses out to first year head coach joe mcguire or yeah, that's a bad that's or a bad look. smu coach sunny dykes in his first year at tcu or to jimbo fisher who is not that great literally same record <laughs> as kevin sumlin like triple the money facts are facts bro uh there's a major issue in austin and you yeah. know Sark, I think Sark knows what he's doing. He's a good recruiter. I mean, it's not hard to it's not hard to uh, sell Austin, Texas. No, that's the easiest it part. It's not hard to sell Austin, Texas. It's hard to sell Lubbock. That's for damn sure. It's hard uh, to sell College Station. It, yeah, I say Fort sorry, Fort, not Fort sorry. Worth. You could probably sell pretty easily too. But I mean, <laughs> Can Quinn, Quinn, you don't want to stay close to home. I mean, Austin, two two hour three hour drive. Yeah, and you, so you can go home when you want. But you're Listen not to our right. recruiting you're, pitch, you're, Quinn. You, Quinn, yours was definitely hanging around TCU when he was in high school. I mean, I don't want to be around wherever. I'm sure he played in that stadium for some reason. I, I don't think they hold a lot of high school games do, there. But do they ever play any? I mean, I don't, I don't know. So. I'm no, just saying. I don't know. But I mean, long story short, like you, like anyone who goes to the university in their hometown or near their hometown is a loser. Like I mean. Like imagine living in Arlington and going to University of Texas at Arlington. I mean that's that's incredible. I, I, will, no. I guarantee you, I can find somebody that is an all-time great that did just exactly that. Yeah, no, I, you might be. But ta- thanks for dissing on Sam Ellinger. That's okay. No, you might. Well, you might be. Well, that was more of a shot at me for going to the university in my hometown, but. You know that oh, was. There you go. I thought there you were. You I thought you were okay. going to call. You, I thought you were calling me an all-time great Creighton, and I was actually kind of happy <laughs> yeah, for a that's second. It. Um, that, that's what I was doing. Thank, thanks, man. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, you're a true and loyal friend. You're welcome. No, I mean Quinn. Quinn's going to make the decision that's best for him. I will respect it either way, but you can't tell me Texas isn't the most attractive option right now. That's what I'll yeah, say. Yeah, hands down, the most attractive. I would, yeah, easily. If he doesn't pick it, there's a reason. Yeah, it's not because it wasn't the best one for him. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best one you could have. There was a reason why he didn't do it. But I think he, I think we'll be pleasantly surprised. Quite honestly, did he, did he give a decision time yet? Do we kind of know when? Do we think it's going to be after Christmas, probably? Right? No, but I'll tell you what. With with him, I mean, he moves fast, so I guarantee you it'll be. <laughs> It'll have to. Christmas I mean, present? it's gonna have to be. But 
it'll have to be by the beginning of February because he's going to want to get it into spring ball. He's not going to want to stick around a program and not play the spring game. So he's going to want to be in that program. So I guarantee you it's going to be in a month or two. All right. We'll have to just wait and see it. Come on, Quinn. No, you're listening. Please pick us. We Yeah, listen to Joe's recruiting pitch. It's only three hours away from Southland. It's, <laughs> it's we'll Austin, you, we'll Texas, a, man. That's one of the best cities to live maybe in. Maybe they should maybe they should get Chris Beard in the room. He seems to be a pretty honestly, good recruiter. Honestly, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if they have Chris Beard because that dude's doing wonders for for that basketball team. Well, and, get, and you know that's a good Elon that's a good segue, Creighton. Well, Let's go. I was well, grab. Yeah, hold on. Grab Elon Musk from the new Tesla factory. Oh Jesus! Like, can Christ. we do that? Can we do that now? No. Can we, can I, we do that? Elon. Can we no. Elon cannot. No. Have you seen Elon Musk? Can't just the Tesla? Like, is Elon Musk even a normal human being? I mean, God, he would. Oh jeez. I, I don't know. Yeah. Those. I mean, those <laughs> brilliant. Me Quinn, those brilliant rich it. types are all kind of weird. Anyway, Jeff Bezos weirdo. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg weirdo. Yes, yes. So, but like you said, Chris Beard, I guess. I was going to go into volleyball, but you know, Chris Beard, let's go into basketball. So, the men's team, seventh in the nation, only one loss still, that was to Gonzaga. And uh, they just played UT Rio Grande Valley. Paros. They won uh, 88 to 58, but, you know, I mean, we expected that. I want to talk about the Sam Houston game. 73-57 win, so, I mean,. Nothing in doubt there. But this is the most brilliant piece of marketing I have seen oh, on yes. a college campus. For those who don't Ever, know, huh? for those who don't know, the game against Sam Houston was played at Gregory Gymnasium, which is the home of the volleyball team, and it was student only. The atmosphere in that gym was insane. It was insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. And I think they should have more games there. I do. I think this is definitely going to be a yearly thing. I think he unlocked something. I think you play a big game there, honestly. I know you don't have as much tickets, but, dude, that it felt like um, uh, play Cameron. Play one of the games in there. You get, you get two. You might as well stick one in there. It, it felt like Cameron. That's what I'm like saying. Like, I think that's the coolest part is, like, or play one of the games, maybe not Oklahoma, but play one of, I don't know, not just play one of the Big 12 Tech. games in there and see what you can do. Because Yeah, let Tech feel what it's like to have all that noise going. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you really a quick story. Okay, so because I think people sometimes underestimate the value of a small small venue. Um, I went to go call a game in Louisiana. Uh, where is, is it Lafayette where the Raging Cajuns are? Yeah. It's pretty bad that I can't remember where I traveled to. Anyways. Wait, you got um, to travel? Was this after I graduated? Oh, yeah. I drove there. Hey, man. Nothing, yeah. nothing will in, top New Orleans, the, though. Nothing will top New Orleans. Well, that's true. <laughs> Putting the work, bro. Putting the work. Anyways, I, uh, I, traveled, I traveled down there to call the women's game. And who was in the, what do they call it, the Cajun Dome? I guess so. I don't I th- know. Okay. I, 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 think didn't, I didn't put in the work, bro. Shut up. Anyways, <laughs> I think I think it was either like Luke Combs or Kenny Chesney, somebody like that the, on that tier was playing in the Cajun Dome. So the uh, the girls had to play in the old arena, which is across the street. 
And they kept telling us when we got in there, they go, hey, this thing is a little old, we understand, but they were like, get ready, this this sound funnels. And we were like, okay, sure. And I think they packed it to like 150 people, 200 people. That was probably the only time in a broadcast where I could I could never hear myself. I had to do hand signals because of how loud that was, because of the the way the venue was, like how compact it was. And the amount of seats that were in there for its size, and that's exactly what Gregory is. I mean, it is, it is perfect size for the amount of people that are in there, and that thing funnels all the way to the very bottom, and that's a that's a big deal, man. I mean, it rattled me to my core to call that game because I couldn't hear myself. Um, the players couldn't hear, they couldn't hear the plays when they were walking down the court. You could barely hear the, hear the whistles, and you'd multiply that by what six or seven at Gregory. I mean that. I mean that is a. It's a it's hard. It is hard to play in the atmosphere. So I think I think Chris Beard has unlocked something there because that definitely felt like Cameron. Yeah, I think he should do that. And then was it party? Uh, they partied at the tower. Oh, party at the, the tower yeah. with the free food trucks. Dude, this. What is? Yeah, dude, he's Chris the, Beard he's is the just best, killing it. He's killing it. Best student experience like uh, coach in the nation. And hands we, down, and we stuck close. with Shaka that long. Golly. Well, I like Sh- Shaka's a great guy. I wanted Shaka to win at Texas. I really did. He just couldn't get it done. But Chris Beard, student engagement, nobody's better than him. He knows exactly what he's doing. And they got the guy with the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, that oh yeah, that, was, that, that video was oh, great. Come on, man. Come on, like, film, it's classic. Film, <laughs> film study with on the Hawaiian shirt guy? Like, it's come so on. Good. They, were, they, were, they, were, they were breaking down his celebrations. I mean, who does that stuff? It's... It was a great night for Texas, and Sam Houston, being two and four at the time, could have, you know, they're they're not the best team, but man, they can play tough, and they played tough for about uh, 10, 15 minutes, hey, almost the entire first half. Beat, they they, they were beat Nebraska, on so one. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they were on one, and so yeah, good for UT. Yeah, so I mean, hey, we're sitting pretty six and one. Um, Seton Hall up no, next. That'll is, be interesting. I'm excited. That'll be fun. That's gonna be a Tough game. Seton Hall is going to be the first true test that Texas has had since Gonzaga. Like I said, I think Seton Hall is going to be the only test that Texas has with the rest of this non-conference schedule because I don't believe in any of the teams after them. Uh, I'm not a fan of this conference schedule. I think it's a little weak. Uh, the Gonzaga game obviously isn't, but Seton Hall is the one you got to look at. And those guys show up to all their games. They sell out, especially with the top 10 program coming to town. So I'm excited for that one, man. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And this Texas team is peaking up right at the right time. They're correcting every mistake that we have seen in every game so far, uh, which is nice to see. For sure. I I, get, I, I think we'll I think it's going to be a good game against Seton Hall. That'll be a good one. That's Thursday at 530. Um, and then, yeah, the other one, Stanford. I mean, Stanford could be a good game. In Las Vegas, it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Oh, man, LV. Are we playing in the T-Mobile Arena? Where are we playing yeah, that I, game? Probably right? not, but, yeah, you know. Let's see. What's the? Oh, you know we're probably playing, we're probably playing at UNLV. Let's, oh, no, we're playing at T-Mobile at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. All right. Oh, that's ABC, sick. baby. That's sick. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, Creighton. Back to New York. Back to New York, New uh. York. God, uh, uh, Ian, what's Kansas at four and three? They can be tough. You're absolutely right. That team's that team is gonna be right there with us too. But yeah, no, this team is playing all their players right now from top to bottom. Not every, I mean, everybody's getting minutes. Everybody's contributing. I mean, this is exactly what you see in a in a tournament contender kind of team that can get to the very end. So I like it. And I mean, even though Gonzaga's lost twice since then, uh. 
they're still, I think, amazing. So I think the loss to uh, Gonzaga still looks really good. And if I'm Texas, I'm feeling really, really great right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at some of these stats real quick before we move on to the girls' team. I mean, Timmy Allen, 13 points a game. I love him. Five plays, rebounds man. a game. I mean, he's shooting 44% from three. I mean, Quote, unquote, become, nine, yeah, but... becoming the best player. Best player on the team. Him, basically. Who yep. would have thought? And Trey Mitchell, oh. too, averaging 10 points a game, Oof. four rebounds. Favorite player on the team. And, yeah, I mean, they're – they're, everything's clicking. Courtney Ramey even is averaging 10 points a game. I mean, Jeez. how had, many turnovers? Is how many Ramey turnovers? Only seven. <laughs> a game? No, no, that total. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay. No, they don't have they don't have average turnovers per game. Okay, that's okay. That's fine. Timmy Seven's Allen's got 17, lot. so we got to work on that, buddy. Yeah, seven uh, for seven. Seven for seven games is fine. I thought that was seven per game. I yeah, was like, no, oh, no, okay. no, no. Marcus Carr also has 14 turnovers. So, I mean, there – but other than that, other than Timmy with 17 and Marcus with 14, Trey has seven, Courtney has seven, Andrew Jones has seven, Christian Bishop has seven, Jace Febris has four. I mean, this team's taking care of the ball, and that's actually really important yeah. when it comes, you know, that's something as we get later. You can in the see season. the little things that Chris Beard has come in and fixed already, opposed to what we looked like last year. You can see shooting needs some help, but everything else, the little dumb mistakes, really aren't there anymore. I mean, the team's shooting 50% from the field. No, I'll give it to them. Like, Whew. I'm being, that's me being harsh. They are shooting fairly fine. <laughs> Barely five fifty percent from the field. I said it's I said it's me being harsh. What's their three point percentage? Forty. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I it is it has gone up on me and I didn't even realize it while I was watching the games. I'm Oops. just being so harsh about it. Oops. I know. Never mind. I'll take back my comment. <laughs> I'll take it back. We're doing. We're we're playing like a top seventeen. We love to see it. You know who else is playing really well right now? <laughs> Women's basketball. They just defeated da, da, do, 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 number seventeen Texas A and M seventy six to sixty. Pretty handily good. Good. Always good to beat A and M's ass on their home court. <laughs> um, golly, this team's good. They only have one loss, and that was to a tough Tennessee team by four in overtime. I mean, oh my God, two, Dick two, two ranked. Oh, he's amazing. Two ranked opponents you've beat already. Two good ranked opponents. I mean, there's something special happening with the women's team, man. And I think I think it's fair to say that they're going to have a legitimate shot to get back to the Elite Eight this year. That's a far way away, I understand. But this team looks better than they did last year, oh, which should be the case. Easily better than last year. I mean... And, like, God, four players are averaging over 10 points. Elias got 15. Kendall Hunter's got 13. Joan Allen Taylor's got 11. And Rory Harmon has 11. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, man. And then the, uh, Lauren Ebo's yeah. averaging seven rebounds a game. Like, come on. That's – come on. Come on. I mean, we are – we're just like the men's team. These girls are really starting to click, uh, and it's really nice to see because that. I mean, you don't see like a thousand upsets happen in the in in the uh, women's game a lot. I mean, especially uh, two big upsets. Uh, one being a top three team, which does not happen almost ever, and a Texas A and M, who we know is a historic program on the women's basketball side. I mean, these girls won a championship less than a decade ago, and. 
they've been in the mix ever since. And we beat them not by five or four or three or six like we did. I mean, yeah, five like we did against Stanford. We beat them by 16. I mean, come on. At come AM, on. by the way. Come yeah. on. So I think this team is – I'm excited to see what this team gets against Arizona. Top 10 team. Uh, they're going to have a chance. If they can win that game, I mean, be on the lookout. Texas is going to find themselves in the top 10 again, honestly. And I, the, if that if they can have a top 10 matchup against Baylor – uh, come the first week of or first week and a half of January, uh, that's going to be so much fun. I mean, this is the best team that Texas has seen in probably four or five years, honestly. I mean, Charlie Collier last year, I wish she could be on this team this year because, my God, oh God they, we I mean, it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it would be we so much fun. We might win an Addy if that was the case. Uh, yeah. No, this team's great. And, I mean, we're outscoring opponents 511 to 319. That's almost 200 points. I'll take it. That's incredible. This team's incredible. Oh. And, yeah, they got some a good some good games coming up in the Big 12 play. And, yeah, the Big 12 is not going to be easy to get through. But if they can, man, that's going to be a battle test. And it's going to be a true sign to see what this team can do. And if they can finish in the top three, man, watch out. Because they're, they'll, be, they'll be very, very uh, dangerous in the tournament if they can do that dangerous love to see it we are a basketball school uh heck yes moving on to volleyball because we are also a volleyball school like we said in the podcast earlier everything but football right now but that's okay because quinn's coming maybe (laughs) so texas is in the ncaa tournament right now they still only have that one loss to baylor which now i'm like how the hell do we even lose to baylor yeah Um, for real and they defeated Sacred Heart three sets to nothing and Rice three sets to nothing in the first two rounds. Now they have fit number 15, Washington, coming up on Thursday. Now they do they get the host. It'll be at Gregory. The whole round will be at Gregory, actually. and um, Or two rounds, I guess. So yeah. this is the Sweet 16, I believe. And then we beat Washington, hopefully. Yes. We could have a rematch with Nebraska. Which we beat them last year on our way to the national championship, uh, so that that would be interesting. But you got to focus on Washington, and Washington's a tough team. You can't sleep on them. But I no, think I wouldn't sleep. Yeah, Gregory's going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking. Easily, yeah. I mean, you saw what happened. I mean, you've seen what happened the last time uh, prior to the Final Four appearance when this team has a tendency sometimes to sleep on teams a little bit. And I would say that in volleyball, volleyball more than a lot of sports, when a team's in the tournament, man, I mean, it's all system. I mean, you, any anything can go. I mean, best two out of three. I mean, best three out of five. Sorry. Wait, am I? what did I just say? Three out of five. Yep. Thank you. I did. Okay. Uh, you never know what can happen. And I do think that winning both against uh, Sacred Heart and Rice in the way we did uh, and – Straight sets, obviously, was awesome. And there's a big reason why you play the season to get a top uh, top seed because you get to play at your home for a very long amount of time. So, And you get to play at your home for games like this, Washington and stuff like that. And I uh, think that Texas has... I think Texas has one of the best teams that they've had in quite some time. I feel more confident in this team to win the whole thing than I did last year. Even though that I did like the team last year, I feel super confident that this team has what it takes. I mean, Louisville is tough, man. Louisville is really tough. But uh, 
what was I going to say about, oh no, just, yeah, I, th- I think that they're going to have a great opportunity down the stretch. Final four is going to be rough, but I mean, they can do it. They can do it. Yeah, I think they can, I think if you get past Washington and Nebraska, I think you make the final, you make the final two. You would think so, right? They, the bracket, how's the bracket set up? Not scared of Pittsburgh. I'm really not scared of, okay, BYU for some reason always is always a thorn in our side. I'm not scared of Baylor again, quite honestly. Now, are we, we talking volleyball we, or are we talking football? Because BYU football, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to talk about try BYU not football. To, try not to talk about BYU oh, football Taysom. for the past oh, seven years. Oh, Taysom. Yeah, it would be, yeah, it would be Pittsburgh, Kansas, BYU, or Purdue. So... I like our odds yeah, in either of those games, honestly. Yeah, and I'm not – and, like, on – if we get to the championship game, I'm really not worried about Baylor or UCLA, for that matter. Uh, Wisconsin, we usually can find their number, quite honestly, no matter how good they are. Uh, Louisville would be the the matchup to watch, man, obviously, because they're not – Well, yeah, hey, actually, I'm uh, a little worried about Baylor. We freaking lost to them. <laughs> yeah, come on now, though. We ain't going to lose to them again. I would be shocked if a volleyball team hey, – I can't believe Illinois beat Kentucky. Okay, like oh I know what the hell I, know, I mean but Nebraska I, also, I think Nebraska <laughs> just got a cakewalk to the Elite Eight because they swept I will Illinois tell you, twice. I do believe Kentucky has been riding this weird lightning high for the last two years, where I just don't believe in them whatsoever, and they finally it finally came to an end. Quite honestly, it's the fighting um, Illini. I just I just don't I just never believed in the okay. That is really unfair for me to say, though, because they did win the whole thing last year. But still, I do not, I did not believe in them. I thought that they caught lightning in a bottle and they lucked out. I thought it was an aberration and I just never believed in them. And uh, it, it happened. They lost. Now, yeah, I, I think that's a really weird argument for me to make. I understand that. But I just thought last year that that team got lucky and that's fine. But I don't see. I just I don't see how it how Texas in any sort could lose uh, lose again to Baylor. Quite honestly, um, not not under Jared Elliott. I don't I don't see it. Well, we'll find out. Six thirty. Yeah, we will. Washington, Texas yeah, f- at the Greg. Pack the Greg if you're in Austin. I uh, will not be. I'll be in Nebraska covering the damn Husker game that will be played after that game. So, what are they what, what bowl did they make? I didn't even see today. What bowl did Nebraska make? Yeah. Well, at 3 and, a, at 3 and 9. That was a joke. Was at a 3 joke. and 9, they made the toilet bowl. <laughs> hey, I'm no. still I'm still down for a uh, Texas Nebraska just uh, for shits and gigs bowl somewhere. I mean, put it together NCAA. Come on. Let's do it. Yeah. No, yeah. Give Nebraska the, and Texas give both made really good bowls. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Brent Venables real quick, and then we'll get into a little playoff talk, and we'll wrap it all up. So, Oklahoma has their new head coach, and it's a familiar name for the Sooners. It's Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator from Clemson. Um, let me just get this off my chest here. Honestly, people are saying it's a big hire. Didn't they kick him out of Norman? Oh, did they ever? I mean, what what has changed to where are they just that upset about Lincoln Riley? They're like, oh my god, Brent's back, yay! Like, did we forget what happened? Like, honestly, straight up, I think it's a good hire. It's not a bad hire, but we've seen what coordinators can do 
when they become a head coach. Some of them mm-hmm. work. Some of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I personally, and this might just be biased because I hate OU, I think it's meh. I think he's going to be meh. I think their defense will improve. Yeah, it'll take a year or two. I think their defense will improve, but I think their offense is going to tail off unless he hires a slam dunk offensive coordinator. I think, uh, like I like I said last week, I was going. To, I would be incredibly shocked if he took this job, and I sit here today, still incredibly shocked that he took this job because I just didn't see him ever leaving Clemson. Um, he loves that place so much, and the amount of money they give him to be a defensive coordinator there and be in his in his realm uh, is a staggering amount. So I'm shocked that he went ahead and took this job. I mean. I don't think there'll ever be a time where I'm fully like, okay, like I can see why he did it. Nope. I don't see, I don't get it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they kicked them out, man. And if I was him, I'd be like, well, y'all want me back now. And I think they want him back now because he was kind of, he's kind of like the guy that people have been going after the past couple of years. And I think for them, they saw this as a hire where it could make some waves just because of the name. But, I think what's going to happen in this situation, and I love Brent. I do love Brent. He's one of my favorite coordinators. Uh, I root for him and Dabo a lot. Uh, but I think the uh, the defense of Oklahoma, I think it's just really going to flip, Joe. I think the defense is going to be pretty, like is going to become something they haven't seen in a while. And I think the, o, the OU offense is going to become one of the most just vanilla, boring things that you could see. I think it's going to be very easy uh to beat them now, uh, but their defense will be legit. They're going to pull in some guys, but they, this this whole deal of like OU quarterback school having all these Heisman's and like putting up these crazy numbers, I think those days are gone now. Quite honestly, they're not they're not transfer QBU anymore. That's for sure. Mm-mm. I would say um, no. Yeah, I think yeah, like you said, like I said, I think their defense is going to get better. But unless, and you know what? He, is it, oh yeah, no. Oh no, keep going. I'll tell you after you're done. Yeah, I. I mean, like I said, unless he hires a slam dunk offensive coordinator, their offense is going to fall off. Hell, and it was I, already that, falling off. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah no, yeah, you, yeah. Caleb Williams had a rough downslip of the, at the end of the year, right there. It wasn't like he was like, "Oh, this is me, ha ha ha," you know. And Spencer Rattler is not even going to be there again. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, progression for the Oklahoma offense over the next few years but this is a thought that I had just literally just thought about and I don't know if anybody else has thought of uh Brent Venables is not going to probably bring any players recruiting wise with him to Oklahoma because Davo Sweeney is still the man in Clemson so I don't know if you're going to have true. anybody decommit and follow him to Oklahoma like you did Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma to USC. People were saying that too. They're like, he's such a great recruiter. People are going to follow him from Clemson. I, you're right. Dabo I just don't see it. Dabo's Clemson. the guy, man. You're playing for Dabo. You rarely. I mean, Brent is great. You play for him, but Dabo's the main reason. Let's not be stupid here. So that's a good point. So now, like, the recruiting class is just taking a hit. He's got like three months about for recruiting. Doesn't have, yeah. So yeah, and the earliest period is this month. Hey Steve, this so. is your freaking year to win the Big Twelve, bro. Like this if there's any year to win this thing, your biggest competition at this point now in my opinion, it's gonna be Oklahoma State and Baylor. That's it. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's it. I would say I would say so. I mean and if you get this is the best Quinn, time. If we get Quinn Ewers, I God, I really think it's ball game. I mean, we just got a four-star linebacker too committed to us. So oh yeah, 
from Lubbock Cooper. Yeah. So I, uh, my brother out? knows him. Oh, really? My brother knows him. Yes. I finally have an in. Dumbuck us up. Yeah, no kidding. Um, that's a big deal. I mean, it's not like one or two recruits have left. A bunch of recruits have decommitted and recommitted, not just to Texas, but to other schools. And some are not even, some are transferring and some uh, have now taken OU completely off the radar that haven't even committed yet. So it is I know, a I think, sticky I think, situation. I think Devin Campbell comes to us now. Who's his other school? Uh, oh, man, I don't know off the top of my head. It was OU, oh Texas, and somebody else, and he ain't going to OU now. No, I no. There's no, no not you're not, and you're not going to go to OU for a defensive-minded head coach in your first year. No. It doesn't make much sense to me. Nope. Uh, let's see. Let me look. Let's see here. It was it was Alabama and USC, but he's probably not going to go to USC. Where it's probably going to be between us and Alabama. And oh, I don't feel too good God about that. But bless yeah. America. Hey, but if Quinn, if Quinn, if Quinn, if Quinn. Leans up. If Quinn comes to Texas, yeah, it'll be follows, a different ball game. They're all gonna. Follow. That's gonna change a lot of things. This is. It's never a dull moment here at the University of Texas, nope. quite honestly, never. and nope. it's going to be uh, fun to see. It's gonna be fun to see what what happens because they could easily every like this is Steve Sarkeesian's, like this is his time to shine now. Like you didn't really get an opportunity that much when you got hired on this is it man you could change the entire face of the program in the matter of five short months yeah so all these sooner fans talking about brent venables being a slam dunk hire being a great hire let's also look i mean the dude has only won one Broyles award i mean like he's a great coordinator but he's not godsend he's not kirby smart who's well kirby smart's got saban issues that's for damn sure uh <laughs> like you heard of daddy issues yeah no Kirby Smart's got Saban issues because holy That's cow, right. that man cannot beat. Can't Saban. win, man. Can't um, win. But like, like I'm trying to think of other coordinators that have just been big time coaches on their own. Lane Kiffin, just by name only, I guess. Um, yeah, he's just one of those dudes. Yeah, has got a name. Who covering else? Him. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Coach O had Aranda. a couple years. Dave, I guess. what's his name? Huh. Aranda, that from oh Baylor, Dave Aranda, but like he's had yeah. he had a bad year last year, but yeah he's turned Baylor around this year. Um, let's see, that's all I can really think of as far as like coordinators who've gone to be a head coach somewhere and have really just stood out in recent years. Can't think of any other ones, can you? No, not really. So. Oklahoma fans, enjoy it. Congrats, you got your new head coach. But I don't think it's going to be as big of a change as y'all think it is. So we'll have to wait and see. But until then, congrats, Brent Venables. Seems like a nice guy. <laughs> we interviewed him at the no, Cotton Bowl cool 2018. Yeah, he, was pre- he seemed like a pretty a cool chill guy. guy. So don't hate him. I mean, Bob Stoops, I hate Bob Stoops. There's just something about him fucking pisses me off. <laughs> but, like, Brent Venables seems like a decent, upstanding guy. You know, good for him. Um, wish him luck except for one game or maybe two games a year. So, um, and with that, let's move on to our final segment of the podcast, the playoff. Really, uh, not much to talk about here. I mean, what happened, uh, is what we kind of expected to happen coming to this weekend. So, uh, yep, yeah, Alabama. Well, actually, okay, I didn't think, Al- I wasn't sure Alabama was going to beat Georgia, but um, they did, and uh, now uh, Alabama's number one in the nation. 
where they, you know, always seem to find themselves. And uh, Nick Saban definitely is Satan in human disguise. The, the, yeah. There's just no way in hell because everyone wrote off Alabama and he somehow found a way to blow out Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, Michigan took care of business against Iowa. And honestly, you know, I'm not one for superstitious, spooky coincidences, but it is very weird that they were honoring the Ox... Not weird that they were honoring the Oxford uh, victims, but weird that um, one of the players uh, of on Oxford's team, Tate, um, he, he wore number 42, and they had 42 patches on their jerseys and hats and whatnot, and Michigan scores 42 points. Um, it was... Crazy, man. Yeah, and then not only that, but I, they only gave up three to Iowa for the three other victims in the shooting. And Oxford has the same colors as Michigan. And, uh, yeah, no, it's sports is spooky and beautiful. And that's why we uh, that's why we love football. But, uh, um, yeah, Michigan took care of business against Iowa. Wasn't surprised there. And then Cincinnati, baby. Let's go. Let's go, group of five. Let's do it. For real. Let's do it. Please go upset Alabama. Like, do it for all of the little guys out there. All of the people that were told you can't play in the playoff because you'll just get blown out in the first round. Go do it for the little guys, Cincinnati. You go, Luke Fickle. You go, man. I'm, I mean, good good for them. I mean, good for them. I don't think they'll stand a chance, but good for yeah, them. Yeah, no, I saw your tweet, Creighton. Mr. Uh, Mr. Cincinnati is going to get it, blown out. Yep, whatever, man. Cincinnati's one of the top four teams in the nation. You can't change my damn mind, okay? <laughs> I mean, top four, sure, they earned it. Hey, hey Baylor doesn't lose to TCU. They're number four, okay? But they did, so they're not one of the top four teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, oh, man, what about Notre Dame? Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati. I got it, but apparently head-to-head don't really matter. Yeah, yeah, that's also fair, but still. But no, I mean, they've earned it, I guess you could say. I just don't think that. I think they'll lose by 40, so oh, 30. Jesus, oh, God. Okay, well, okay, yeah. so predictions. Well, uh, we'll wait on predictions. We got some weeks. We got some Oh, yeah, we, we got, got some time. Games. I just, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. I just think that, I mean, this was the right top four. I think if Oklahoma State won, I would put oh, Oklahoma yeah, State in over, yeah. over Cincinnati, if you ask me. Um, but this is, Honestly, this I'd is put before Oklahoma that had. State over Georgia, but, you know, SEC, nah, man, SEC, they were too good. SEC they were, bias. They were too Georgia's good. best win was against 9 and 3 Kentucky. I, they still, they still were undefeated up into the point of the last game yeah well you gotta whatever, you gotta put them in whatever I, okay all right okay whatever all i right, mean we'll right. see what happens i just don't i think for me i think that this i mean this was the four you basically had to put in and so all right well i guess we'll have to wait and yeah. see um there's some good bowl games out there mississippi state texas tech mike leach facing his former team that's gonna be a good one um notre dame Oklahoma State should be a good game. Who else is who else should. is good? I mean, I'm a little disappointed in the in the New Year's Bowl games because there's just not as many this year. I wish there would have been. Yeah, they're all doing New Year's Eve stuff. I wish they'd put those games on New Year's Day. Quite honestly. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Um, hey, poor Iowa. You know, your second place in the Big Ten, 
And you don't even get to go to the Rose Bowl because Ohio State was ranked above you. I know. It's rough, man. It's a rough life. Oh, one last fact we should mention before we wrap up the podcast. Cameron Rising is a conference champion. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) That's all that needs to be said. Oh, that's all that needs to be said. Oh, Jaquindon Jackson is a conference champion. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I wasn't very happy, man. I loved loved Jaquindon, but... Sucks. Hey, you know what? Ja- Jaquindon probably plays this year if he had stayed. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sh- oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Mm. I would say so. Oh, it's funny how the football turns. But, uh, Creighton, any final thoughts on what we talked about today? I'm excited to see what Quinn's decision is. I think this is the literally going to be the most important months of Steve Sarkeesian's tenure for the next three or four years, if you ask me. Um, the whole direction of the program can, can be completely changed in the next half year. Uh, and I think that that – and I think you can win everybody back, literally win everybody back in the next few months, depending on what you do. And the door, it's, it's no question the door is wide open for Texas to do something special and possibly the last year at the Big 12. I, every year is going to be like that, but I, every year is going to be possibly the last year. I, but I agree. You know. I agree. We'll have to we'll just have to watch and see what Quinn decides to do. Come to Texas, Quinn. We will welcome you back with wide open arms. And sure uh, will. Casey, Everybody makes mistakes. Casey Hudson. Sorry about it, man. Sorry about it, but <laughs> sorry about it. They're good kids. Play better. They're good. Play yeah, better. play better. But like. They're good kids, so it's like it's hard to rip on them, but at the same time, it's like, you know, play better. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's gonna be. It's like I said, never a dull moment. It's gonna be a heck of an off season. Here we go. Buckle up, folks. It's about to get fun. But that'll do it for another edition of the Bevo Boys. We'll be back next Monday, uh, recapping volleyballs, uh, whatever the hell happens with volleyball over the weekend and basketball and. Uh, hey, maybe Quinn makes a decision this week. That'd be crazy. But, uh, yeah, we'll bring you guys the updates on that. And, uh, of course, follow us on Twitter, Bevo Boys Pod. And, uh, yeah, we our Twitter game's been pretty fire, honestly, lately. So Heck yes. Uh, Always will be. And who knows, folks, we might actually have a special guest on the podcast. No, it's not Jamal, although we love Jamal. <laughs> but we actually might be talking to a Longhorn himself. So uh, stick stick around for that. You're going to not want to miss that interview when it happens. And uh, until the next episode, always remember the eyes of Texas are upon you and hook them.